there, and welcome to Spoonful of Medicine. This is a teaspoon mini-sode, so get ready for a dose of some short, sharp, and concentrated paediatric education. Today we're going to check out spirometry. Spirometry is a method of lung function testing, and it works by measuring the volume of air that you can inhale and exhale from your lungs. It is a reliable method of differentiating between obstructive airway disorders, such as asthma, restrictive airway diseases, such as fibrotic lung disease, and mixed airway diseases. That's airway diseases that cause both obstruction and restriction. Aside from being able to classify lung conditions, spirometry can also be used to help monitor disease severity and progression. And a great example of this is the use of spirometry in cystic fibrosis. Spirometry is a great modality of testing because it's fairly inexpensive, it's non-invasive, it can be done in the primary care setting, and also it tells us a great wealth of information. The method of spirometry is fairly straightforward, but it is heavily dependent on how committed the patient is to the test and how good you are at telling them what needs to be done. It starts with them either standing or sitting upright in a chair, you get them to breathe in completely and rapidly. You then get them to place a mouthpiece in their mouth and close their lips tightly around it. You then get them to blast out the air as fast as possible for as far and long as possible until their lungs are completely emptied. And once that happens, you get them to take a big breath in again. Vigorous verbal encouragement and coaching is essential to getting a good trace. You're aiming to get at least three technically acceptable traces and you don't want to do too many because doing spirometry is tiring work for you and mainly for the patient. It's important to note that there are a few medications that need to be stopped before a spirometry test. These include short-acting bronchodilators including salbutamol and ipratropium and they shouldn't be taken between six to eight hours before a test. It's also really important to know that you don't want to have a big meal before spirometry because remember, you got a little bit of hard work coming up. And you also don't want to have done a lot of exercise just before a test. On a spirometry result sheet, you get a number of measurements. These include the FVC, FEV1, FEV1 over FVC, FEV2575, some reversibility results, as well as flow volume loops. Let's go through each of them one by one. FVC is short for forced vital capacity. It is the total volume of air that a patient can forcibly exhale in one breath. FVC is governed by your height, gender, ethnicity, age, as well as if you have underlying restrictive disease. Next, we have FEV1. This is short for forced expiratory volume in the first second. This is a fancy way of saying the volume exhaled in the first second after the deep inspiration and a forced expiration. FEV1 is the most consistent and most robust measure of obstruction and it is used to monitor the disease severity in many conditions, including CF. Now we have the FEV1 to FVC ratio. This is saying how much of air can you get rid of in the first second over how much air you can get rid of in total. 
Reduced FEV1 over FVC is characteristic and in fact diagnostic of obstructive airway disease. Now we have FEV2575 and this is essentially a measure of flow in the middle half of your exhalation. It's indicative of medium sized airway disease. In fact, it is the most sensitive marker for obstruction. Spirometry can also give us information about reversibility. And by this, I mean, is an obstruction reversible after you provide a bronchodilator? In Australia, significant bronchodilator reversibility is defined as a 12% or greater than 200 mil increase in either FEV1 or FVC or both. Reversibility is seen characteristically in asthma. Finally, you get a flow volume loop. And this is a loop that is essentially a plot of inspiration and expiration flow over the volume. Changes in the shape of this loop can really help in the diagnosis of airway disease. For example, a scooped out expiratory loop is characteristic of obstruction, while a smaller but normal shaped loop is characteristic of isolated restrictive lung disease. Now let's check out how to interpret spirometry results. Like any investigation, you need a system by which to approach spirometry because you don't want to miss vital information in amongst all of the results. Step one, look at the FEV1 over FVC. If this is below 80%, suspect obstruction. Step two, look at FVC. If the FVC is below 80% of the predicted value, suspect restriction. Step 3. Look at FEV1. If FEV1 is less than 80%, but FVC is normal, this is suggestive of obstruction as well. However, beware, because if your FVC, or the total amount of air you can breathe out, is low, because you have restriction, the volume in the first second is also relatively going to be small. And so in restrictive diseases, you also can get a low FEV1. But in this case, you would have a normal FEV1 over FVC ratio and your FVC will be lower than expected. So note it, but be cautious to not be tricked out. Step four, do this one if you note obstruction. Here, we're going to check for reversibility. You're going to compare the pre-bronchodilator value with your post-bronchodilator value. And remember what you're looking for? A 12% increase or 200 mil increase in either FEV1 or FVC or both. And finally, step five, check out that flow volume loop. In obstructive lung disease, the expiratory limb is scooped out or scalloped. In isolated restrictive lung disease, the flow volume loop is a normal shape, but smaller in size. If you have something that is obstructing inspiration and expiration or a fixed airway obstruction, that will cause a flat inspiration and expiratory loop. If you have something that only obstructs expiration, such as a variable intrathoracic airway obstruction, you have a flattening of the expiratory loop alone. And finally, if you have something that only affects inspiration, you guessed it, 
this flattening of the inspiratory loop. All of these are going to be on our Instagram page. So when you have some time, check those pictures out. Now let's check out the patterns that we see in obstructive, restrictive and mixed diseases. An isolated obstructive lung disease shows reduced FEV1 over FVC, reduced FEV1 and a normal FVC. A flow volume loop will show us a scalloped or scooped out expiratory limb. If there's reversibility of this obstruction, like an asthma, a bronchodilator test will find that the FEV1 or FVC increases. Examples of obstructive lung disease include asthma, emphysema, bronchiectasis, and cystic fibrosis. Next, we can have a look at a restrictive spirometry pattern. This has a normal FEV1 over FVC. The FVC will be reduced and the FEV1 may also be reduced, but this will be proportional to how much the FVC is reduced. Causes of restrictive lung diseases can be split into pulmonary and non-pulmonary causes. Causes that are from the lungs include pulmonary fibrosis, pulmonary edema and pericarmal lung tumours. Non-lung causes include skeletal abnormalities like kyphoscoliosis and that prevents you from expanding your ribcage. You may have neuromuscular disease such as spinal muscular atrophy or Duchenne's muscular dystrophy. Other causes include connective tissue diseases and mucopolosaccharidoses. Finally, a mixed obstructive and restrictive pattern shows a low FEV1 over FVC and a low FVC. Both of the parameters are low. Now, to push your interpretation of spirometry a little bit further, let's have a look at a specific circumstance. If you have pretty bad obstructive disease, the obstruction can be so bad that you can't get rid of your exhalation air and so you get gas trapping. And if you have gas trapping, this means that the residual volume in your lungs, the air that you can't get out, increases. And if you have a lot of air that you can't expel, that itself causes impingement on the area of the lungs that can be used to inhale and exhale. And so you can actually get a mixed obstruction and restriction by a reduction in your FVC if you have really bad obstructive airway disease. So there you have it, the nuts and bolts of spirometry, what it is and how to interpret it. Pop over to our Instagram page for some visual notes if that's the type of learner you are. I'm Nim. This has been a Spoonful of Medicine Teaspoon Minisode. We'll catch you on the next episode. Bye.